morning, 639 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's a Pensacola morning news. Uh, we've got Wes Moreno on the line. He is the uh, Scambia County Administrator. Hey, Wes, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Hey, good morning, Andrew. It's great to be here this morning. Great to have you. Uh, before we, we, we actually have a bunch of stuff I want to get to with you. The one is what I think might be a little bit of an inaccurate description, and I want to ask you the question. The uh, the broadband project, which I know you can't say a lot about because we're like in the bid process right now, and so you're not supposed to talk too much about it. But um, one slice of this, the um, the PNJ had written an article and where they basically said that the the rebid of this after all of the you know the protests from Cox that the rebid aligned the new service area to the um, uh, the EREC service area, which kind of gave the impression like it was being crafted so as to make it so that EREC would have a favorable bidding status because it'd be easy for them to bid on that versus anybody else. Uh, I, you know, I, that was the takeaway that I got from the article, but I wanted to ask you whether that is a fair characterization of the rebid from your opinion. Uh, no, I, I believe that I would call that inaccurate. Uh, EREC's footprint ends right around Barano Park Road. And uh, so what we did, we came all the way down to Muskogee Road, which is considerable, a considerable amount uh, of area that is out of their footprint. And we also went further to the east uh, that is also out of their footprint. So we did not design it specifically for EREC. You know, we, we put the RFP out in an area that has a, a large amount of unserved and un- underserved. And we're trying to hit that bigger area uh, all at one time. And so that's what, that's why we did what we did. Do you happen to know offhand how much? Because uh, I have not seen the map, and I apologize, I did not do that. But um, how much of the formerly covered area in the prior bid is now not covered in the new service area bid proposal? Can you give me any sense of that? Uh, the prior, the prior, the prior went down one as far south as nine miles. Okay. Okay. So that's the big difference is just not going quite as far south. Okay. That, that, that's helpful. The other question that I've been getting a lot from people is we're using, um, American rescue plan money for the broadband, for our slice of the contribution for the broadband project. And people have been asking me, well, what about the infrastructure bill that had money for this? Uh, what about state funding? It seems like there are, you know, the rural broadband initiative. It seems like there's lots of other pots of money that could be used for this which would then free up ARP money to be used on something like, you know, storms, storm drains, sewer, that, that other things that could be done with that money, uh, conversion of septic to sewer, whatever. Can you address that question? Yeah, so, you know, the, in, in the infrastructure bill, there is uh, funding listed for broadband. So not all that money has really started rolling yet. I mean, I know it's in, it's in the bill, but it's not really started, started rolling. The state has, uh, you know, their first deadline for any grant funding was December the 9th. And, and so uh, and then when you look at the grant, the verbiage in the grant, it's if it's an area that's already served by a utility or, or by a company, uh, that company would take precedent over the local county or the local government as far as grant funding, from the, especially from the state. So what we've done is we've encouraged all all of our uh, local entities to apply for for that grant funding, and so uh, we're kind of attacking it from that way, which lessens it does lessen the burden on the ARPA funds. It really does. Okay, so it's not that you're not 
seeking funding from those sources. It's that the one isn't available just yet, and the other you actually are seeking it, and we're trying to you know sort of throw two spots up against the wall and hope as much sticks as possible. Is that a is that am I kind of getting it right? Well, yeah, yeah, kind of. But the private the private entities would take precedent over us. Okay. So what we're doing, we are we're encouraging them. We we, we did encourage everybody to. Uh, apply for that grant. The grant deadline was December the 9th to have your applications in. And uh, I don't know who all did, who all didn't, but that was what we're doing. And then we'll assess part of the RFPs is we'll be assessing uh, you know, all, all the financials that come with it and how much uh, the grant grant funds involved, you know, what's asked from us and so on and so forth. And that's what we'll do uh, as we bring them in. You uh, you had the great fun of traveling uh, over to see the the Triumph Gulf Coast Board <laughs> to uh, basically present to them a plan for OLF eight that you and I talked about last week, uh, fourteen million dollars, which is you know their share of uh, fronting for the construction of some infrastructure, including a main road north south across the property that would eventually be backfilled and paid in by uh, paid for by the companies that actually come in there. At least that's the theory. Uh, everything was a go it was the unanimous vote. So moving forward, right? We are moving forward. We are already working on the RFP for the design to get a consultant on board and uh, we'll hit the streets with it, with that solicitation shortly after the first of the year. And we're going to be ready to go and we're not going to slow down on that. We're going to, we're going to go as, as aggressively as we can, uh, to, uh get to construction of that entry road. So are we talking like, I mean, you're the roads guy, you would know better. I mean, are we talking like maybe mm-hmm. April we could start turning dirt and actually doing some, some construction out there? No, not, it'll be, it'll be a little bit longer than that. I said, I would say the design would take at least probably seven to eight months. Oh, right. Of course. And the then bid, we'll, then the design, we'll, my we'll fault. You're right. Yep. Yep. So probably yep. optimistically yeah, next, next, like this year, next time this year. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Okay. I would say so. All right. Well, it's yeah, Chris Sells right over with me. I appreciate him, my traffic guy. You know, we, we got to eat at a place called the Rib Crib afterwards. So <laughs> it, was, it was a real good trip. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Hey, it's 645 on News Radio 92.3. Wes Moreno is the Escambia County Administrator. Wes, hang on for just a second. Let's get Candy in here with Traffic on the Fives. And Traffic on the Fives. We're watching one accident. This is in uh, Pace. It's Woodbine Road and Melvin Drive uh, and Oak Tree Lane. Now, there is not a roadblock at this time, but certainly caution in that area. 437-1620. If you have traffic tips, News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Back to Wes Moreno, the County Administrator for Escambia County. Uh, we got $11 million for a NIFWIF grant for the uh, Navy Point Shoreline Project. Now, this is not Navy Point, but uh, by the Naval Air Station Pensacola. What, what, what struck me about this is, on the one hand, we're removing oyster bags from the Navy Point, but part of this grant, always feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, is to install oysters at that as a part of it. It seems weird to me, just as a citizen, that we would be undoing one place and then redoing the same thing in a different place. Can you maybe help me understand that a little bit better? Yeah, it'll be a combination of things. You know, we'll be use some large aggregate uh, rock as well along okay. into a lot of the project. There will be some uh, oysters installed there, <clears throat> but not in any areas that are recreational or swimming where okay. folks will be swimming. And uh, you know, we're going to re-nourish White Island as part of this and and do some dredging as well. But it's a large project, one of the largest uh, around, actually. And um, so the oysters, you know, I think if you remember the the bags that we put in, 
uh, come to find out, maybe it wasn't the they weren't made of the best material. So I think uh, what we move forward with will be something a little more updated, a little more uh, suited, if you will, for for the purpose that we're going to use them for. And uh, you know, the Navy Point deal was 180 grand. This 10. 10.9, 10.4, something like that. So it's going to be a much more involved project. I think it'll be a much more effective project, and uh, I think it will be highly successful. Okay, and that's actually, I mean, that's a fair point, that, you know, the technology that was put into those might be a little bit up- updated or upgraded today, plus with the price tag, we might be able to afford something that's a little bit more integrated, comprehensive, and hopefully, fingers crossed, a little bit more successful in the long run. Uh, one thing, obviously, that you've got going on right now is the cold weather is coming tomorrow, overnight tonight into tomorrow. We've got, what, three shelters open? Is that right? Yeah, we got, we've worked, we, Travis, our emergency manager, has been working, he's been working on this since last week, working with all of our community partners, and they're, you know, they're, they're lessening some of the restrictions to bring people in. Uh, they're going to let them stay during the day as, as warming shelters uh, instead of having to leave in the mornings. And so they're going to be available, and we've been putting the word out through the homeless community and, and, and through some press releases as well. So uh, they, they should, I would expect by this afternoon to start filling up. But, yeah, we should have plenty of beds available, plenty of space available. And I, I really appreciate Travis. Uh, and, you know, what I like about my staff is they think ahead. I don't have to go. I don't go have to, I don't have to go tap him on the shoulder. He was already working on it, and uh, instead of me going to ask him for it, he he brought it forward himself, and that, and I and I appreciate that. It's nice when you're the county manager that you have a staff of directors who will run the county, uh, which is their job, and all you have to do is make sure they're doing okay. <laughs> you know, that's the idea, right? <laughs> you you shouldn't have to be they, running the roads and the shelters. They have made it easy. <laughs> I, I told some of them yesterday they they've really made it easy. I've met with them. Everyone I meet with, I will say this across the board, they have a vision for their department. They have a plan to accomplish that vision, and they all just want to be the best. And, and it's, it's just been, it's been good with the team of directors. It really has been. Well, very good. And, you know, the only thing that's still kind of the outstanding element is the ECAT contract, which I guess you guys are going to get a report on this based on the, the, the appeal coming up next week. And, you know, again, hopefully, fingers crossed, the last outstanding union negotiation that you're trying to resolve, which by comparison means you're way ahead having resolved so many of them. So I, th- I always think of that as a kudos. Well, it's the end of the year. It's Christmas. It's New Year's. Sir, as always, thank you for the time. Thanks. I know you you took this job kind of reluctantly to begin with. Uh, you somewhat reluctantly took the job as, you know, permanent administrator. I think everybody recognizes you've done a great job of it. And uh, thank you so much for serving the county, Wes. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it, Andrew. And uh, y'all have a Merry Christmas and happy holidays. 